Hey, this is Lydia McCarthy, and you're listening to Field Pod Summer Shorts. Woo! Woo! <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. Get it. like to start off and I always say the same thing with where did you grow up and was your family involved in the arts at all and how did you end up coming to the arts? So I grew up outside of Boston and Massachusetts on the North Shore and then we moved to Vermont when I was 12. So you were a mass hole and then a Vermont hole. There's no Vermont hole, there's just Vermonters. <laughs> Vermonters are good people. <laughs> Ma- mass holes are real. <laughs> And I mean, that was kind of the best thing, I think, for me and probably my work and my life in the future. I was getting into some shit in Massachusetts that wasn't great. As one does. As one does, (laughs) as a preteen. And then my family, they are not artists at all, no connection to the art world. My dad was a lawyer and my mom was a stay-at-home mom. So yeah, there was no uh, art, except that my dad was really into reading and so I think that that was sort of an entry point for me into like creative life and fiction Mm -hmm. and then my mom would always draw with me because she liked drawing so I would draw a lot when I was a kid Um, but I think it was really my angsty teenage self that embraced art fully you know uh, as like way to process my anger and depression and all of that stuff. So did you end up going to art school? I did. I went to MassArt in Boston for undergrad, and I studied mm-hmm. photography there. And then I got my MFA at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. So I don't know that much about either one of those schools. Do you want to sum them up in a couple sentences? Ooh. <laughs> 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 um, MassArt for photography was really amazing, but it also... I was very specifically in the photo program and so my education there was all about photography and the history of photography and I would say a very specific kind of photography like personal narrative and semi-documentary but with a four by five camera Mm. that's what I would say there was no conversation about pictures generation artists really it didn't feel like a conceptual program at all I'm thankful for my experience at UNC for that reason it was a really small program but I had great classmates there and a really awesome mentor Jeff Whetstone who was a photography faculty there and so I think that that helped me expand my practice and then coming to New York too well I had been coming to New York for a while before I actually moved here in 2015. I graduated in 2011 from my master, the master's program and then lived in Sweden for a year and then started teaching at Alfred University right after that. Really? Yeah. So how many years did you live in New York before you moved up to teach? Well, I only lived in New York full time for four years. So it wasn't that long. After that, I was running Essex Flowers with other artists for years so I was still here every month yeah I'm still very present I think even though I'm not living here uh-huh. yeah 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 you show up a lot yeah and I was in Alfred from I mean I was living in Alfred in 2012 then moved to New York and was commuting then really? yeah oh, I didn't yeah. know that so mm-hmm. you oh wow that makes yeah. sense now it was kind yes. of insane at That's the time a, but yeah. but it was great I mean I really 
feel like I built up a community then. So grad school was, it was it also photo based? No, that was, you know, a general kind of studio art program. And what kind of work were you making there? And then then I was doing a lot of more experimental work with photography. So when I was in undergrad, I had been photographing my family and there's a lot mm. of dark history in my family um, of women with mental illness and mm. Uh, all kinds of different mental illnesses. Uh (laughs) Um, Not just women? No. (laughs) I'm sure there there were men who had mental illness (laughs) in the family, but that Uh wasn't talked about at all, of course. And Uh then, like, you know, there's a story of a great aunt of mine who was locked away at one point, and, Mm. you know, there's lots of different kinds of mood and thought disorders in my family. When I was young, I had been really focused on just kind of understanding my family and looking at it and photographing my immediate family. And I also was very conscious of the fact that I might be that I had a mental illness or that, you know, I was sort of waiting for it to happen in a way when I was younger. So that was very present in my in my life and my uh, idea of the world. I was photographing them. And then when I went to grad school, I was really interested in alternative realities and, you know, new ways of seeing things or uh, ways did, of seeing that weren't, you know, pre- everyday reality. Um, did so, they stem from the idea of mental illness, though? Because- I think so. Yeah. I mean, it stemmed from a lot of things. Like I was getting interested in spiritual seeking and my dad is like a very devout Catholic. So I think, and I was raised Catholic and going to church every week and my dad is, goes every day. Uh, and he had gone to seminary and was going to be a priest at one point. So, or maybe a mission, but uh, going on mission. But anyway, like that was a very important part of my childhood and upbringing and I completely rejected it and hated it but um, at the same time I think that sort of filtered in so I was interested in like mysticism and spiritual experience and psychedelics and mental illness so I think all of those things sort of came together in graduate school and I was making work where I was building cameras and thinking about how photography was so connected to reality but then how I could manipulate it and that those things would still be real but they would be my own creation of what reality was wow that sounds interesting thank you (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean I think it's interesting when I look back at you know work from undergrad to now I think in some ways even though it looks very different it's all about these same themes over and over again, which is probably true for any artist. Especially when you do work about your family and yourself mm-hmm. as the sort of almost basis of, the, of your art practice, right? Like Definitely. That was the sort of beginning, the entry point in a certain way. Yes, totally. So it always comes back to you. Exactly. It's like the artist is always there, you know? Yeah, the artist is present. <laughs> <laughs> then you're in grad school, you, you're reestablishing the kind of work that you're making, mm-hmm. right? You're sort of rethinking about what it is to be an artist and what it means to be a human because you're talking about different types of realities, right? Exactly. And I'm also, you know, I think at that point I was really trying to break away from my undergrad education, you know, in this kind of very, like, much more traditional idea of what photography is. And and I think it's the first time I started really thinking about myself as an artist and not as a photographer and looking at art that's not photography. I mean, at this point in my life, I barely look at any photography. I did for teaching, obviously. Like, I was an educator and taught Mm -hmm. photography for nine years. So 
I was very immersed in that world for that purpose, but also most of my friends and the work I look at here in the city especially is like painting or sculpture, or video or performance, like it's not photo. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, photo definitely insulates itself in a lot of ways, I think. Yeah, or also is rejected. Well, yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> yeah. well. It's not as valuable. It's harder to sell. It's, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, there's... The market, <laughs> capitalism, blah, but... blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> and also right now, photography is a generational language, right? Mm. Like Instagram, all of these images and stuff like that, we're just like flooded with images. And I think some people are, don't value an image. Right. No, that's like, true. And that's a lot. We have a lot of those conversations, or had a lot of them when I was teaching. Uh, uh-huh. It's nice to say had. I don't do it anymore. <laughs> yes, you're one of the few, right, who has walked away from your tenure job? Yeah, I have, yes. And it was liberating, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> I've been wanting to do it for a long time, so it was good to finally take the step. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's brave. It feels brave and terrifying and good and, yeah, all of the things that... Mm-hmm. I suppose it would feel like. So should we label that a midlife crisis or what else next? Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) It's like a midlife epiphany or something. Midlife epiphany, Epiphany. yes. How do you function in this world anymore? I think it's just like a a crisis of the world, of the U.S., of Uh like everything falling apart around us, Mm -hmm. maybe. And realizing it's time to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cycles of every six months or so. I think we go through that, right? Right. <laughs> it feels like it right yeah. now. Yeah. So take us through what do you think is like a successful piece that embodies the kind of work that you're doing? I'm thinking in particular of an image that I made recently that is from a new body of work and it's based off of a Man Ray photograph, Glass Tears. I've used an image of myself similar to this in a video and so I'm in the process right now of making these videos and then a series of photographs that complement or go along with the videos so they they definitely are in conversation with each other. In the video I'm playing two parts of myself so I'm thinking about I guess my relationship with myself Mm. in it. And you're a Gemini right? I know. (laughs) I'm a Scorpio. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Watch out. So, (laughs) but in this, in the video, it's obviously moving and, you know, it's, it's, it plays a different role, but as a photograph, I'm using four by five film and I'm using multiple exposure. So I want the photographs to be sort of separate from the video. Like I don't want them to just be video stills, right? And they're all like oriented in portrait um, orientation. (laughs) (laughs) They're portraits, (laughs) portrait. So in the photograph, it's a double exposure. And in one of the images, I'm looking directly at the camera. And then in the other one, I'm looking away from the camera. And what ends up happening is this kind of strange vibration and like misregistration of the image. And then my eyes become really kind of bizarre and yeah i would say they look, they look foggy or dead like yeah they look exactly. alive but they discoloration of the eye or something when i mean i, I only know this through movies right so. <laughs> this is actually meant to in the video it looks almost like i might be dead and uh-huh. then at some point you realize that i there's some movement are you taking the photographs and making the videos at the same time no okay 
So sometimes I make the photographs first and I get ideas for a new part of the video. Mm-hmm. And then other times I make the video and then I'm like, oh, I want to use that image again in a different way. And, you know, this one is more directly referenced and other ones, other photographs from this series, they're more playful. Like, but they all use that kind of multiple exposure. Yeah. And, and you're saying that this one referencing art history, a specific mm-hmm. image, but mm-hmm. then it's also mystical, playful, vibrating, I think is right, which I kind of maybe the double exposure is, mm-hmm. is helping with that. Exactly. But it, there's definitely feels like trick as in a trickster. God yeah, or yeah. Like it, there feels like not necessarily sinister, but yeah. it's not. But it's not sinister because it, you've got these like googly eyes on right. where, the, where the tears are in the Man Ray thing. You're like have spider eyes or something. Yeah, it's definitely meant to. So in the and you have black hair. I do have black hair in this new series of videos. I'm referencing these 1970s lesbian vampire films. Herotica. It's not really about lesbians. It's like male fantasy yes. of yeah. what a lesbian is like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but oftentimes there's a blonde woman and then there's a dark-haired woman and yeah. one of them is seducing the other and is a vampire and there's like a sexual relationship or implied sexual relationship between the two of them okay and they're usually made by male directors there's like french written by males written, yes exactly <laughs> yeah and it's based on this story that's by this irish author called camilla but that's sort of the basis of modern day vampire stories was oh. that original story it's written in like the 1800s there's a figure that i play either with this black wig or with a blonde wig in the video and then also within the photographs too. Okay. Yeah. And are these, these are recurring characters? They're going to... I'm really interested in sort of dealing with myself and, you know, whatever. It's my therapy, I guess. Like, <laughs> like what these parts of myself, like self-love and self-care and all of these things, how I can enact that or show that in the videos also using tropes from like reality TV and horror films in general, like slasher films. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that attracted me to your work. Well, there's a couple things. One was this practical effect horrorness mm. that's there, like like a double exposure. Totally. It's kind yeah. of like a practical effect or like the, or the eyes on your face. <laughs> like, to, <laughs> uh, like the spider woman. And then also with the photography, I'm thinking about your like kind of still life photography and how there was a lot of, I guess there's technical aspects of double exposure, but it always seemed to be joking around with that yeah. or something. Like the more you looked at it, the more you were like, oh, this is not a shadow. This is a drawn line or something like that. Or like, yeah, like playing with what is real and what's not real, but then also there's a lot of humor. Maybe that's through materials, you know, going to Michael's and just buying like cheap synthetic materials or I'm you know I love cosplay fabrics at Joann's or whatever it's like Like, the worst fabric ever made but it's like so amazing to look at and just I mean I like looking at how light moves over like that's the very Uh the photographer in me you know yeah I remember seeing it for the first time and thinking Cronenberg 70s films oh cool like uh, that's great yeah, like it, Brood, the Brood. It, it, that was exactly thinking of the Brood. Like, that I love was, that. It had yeah. a big impact. Totally. I mean, how could it not? Yeah, the, the sort of 
saturation and the psychedelics sort of mm-hmm. leftover from the 60s that moves in the 70s into dystopia and stuff. Yeah, but... definitely. Yeah, like I love Jodorowsky films yes. and like okay. anything with that. I mean, that's what a lot of these, um, like The Velvet Vampire is one of them, but that a lot of them have that sort of that stylized like 1970s over the top really kitschy or just bad aesthetic but i love it so much <laughs> at that time the film industry wasn't owned by four corporations or mm. whatever it was like much more independent so i think there was the sort of well what if we just smash up a bunch of tomatoes and put it on their chest and that'll be like the right blood. totally <laughs> totally uh, and they but they own it too yeah. so it's just amazing i think the actors yeah. are always shakespearean actors that are going to give it all right <laughs> totally <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's. I grew up actually watching a lot of old film. Like, my parents had this crazy VHS collection. Mm -hmm. It was beta. Yeah. Beta was better, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. But they, yeah, yeah. It had higher quality. Yes, yeah. It was just a. Yeah, the VHS impresario. It took over. Like, killed beta. Yes, exactly. And now we all have to suffer. I know, right? <laughs> Started having a new collection of like DVDs for films that I want, but I can't get through the library or haven't been able to access in other ways. Like, like which what kind of film? Baise Moi is one of them oh, by Virginie Despentes. Um, she's she's like a French punk feminist oh. a writer, mm-hmm. but also made this epic film called. Bazmoi, which is like fuck me or rape me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was in the 90s. Yeah, okay, like, yeah. I saw yeah, that. yeah. I, was, <laughs> I was into that hard, oh, scary yeah. stuff at that time. It I was, was like, oh, let's see more violence. <laughs> it was pretty amazing, though, because it's, it's, she co directs it with a porn star. It's pretty incredible. It's like this crazy, like revenge fucking murder story. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. was, There's yeah. a couple films that I'm like, I know that they're films. Well, I. This film also kind of crosses the line yeah. right, in a lot of ways. Yes, uh, totally. Of, yeah, it's of, like of watching a porn at times, real, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But there's definitely a scene in that film in the garage that, yes. I, that I'm oh. just like, I can't. Yeah, ever, it's like, intense. I can't it's ever. Very intense. Like, whatever. Yes. Yeah, that's a rough one. Um, yeah. But also, there are parts of that that are loosely based on her autobiography. Yeah, so I'm using myself in this work for really the first time in photographs. I've been using myself in the videos for a while and they've become much more personal, much more about my own body and my sexuality and sort of exploring that as a woman who is aging. The video and with the photographs to think about how much I'm willing to reveal, how much I'm willing to show of myself, and then I'm making these like alone in my studio. Sometimes, you know, I'm just in like my underwear and fishnets, like performing in front of the camera and using multiple exposure, but I can't, I don't know how it's going to turn out. So there's this other element that's always, there's an element with multiple exposure that's always there of what am I going to get? I think I know what I'm doing. Do I really know what I'm doing? But then with these in particular, it's that element of chance is even stronger. Like I don't, Mm-hmm. I can't tell always where I'm going to be registered in the picture and if I'm like how images are overlapping and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Cause I don't have an assistant. You're setting up this opportunity of chance mm-hmm. and do you know what you're, you're reaching for or is it just situation where you can reach for something or something comes up that you have no control over? 
You know, I think a lot of it is not having control over something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also interested in just the way images overlap with each other, the like negative space that's created, the things that are revealed. And when I'm using my body and doing these more performative kinds of photographs, which, you know, the one that we've been talking about isn't like that, but ones where it's more full body and I'm bending and stretching and layering exposures like that. It's really just interesting for me to observe what I look like, I guess. (laughs) And not like, not in a, not like what my body looks like, but just like how my body moves or like how those exposures come together. And and it can be uncomfortable. Like I don't like looking at myself that much. So there's an element, I mean, I don't know many people that do, but... There's an element of that, too, of sometimes being surprised, like, oh, weird, I look like that, or mm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I made a joke to my partner the other day. Of, like I was like, maybe I should make a porn. And he was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. I was like, no, you're right. Like, I think I'm trying to see, like, how much I'm willing to, like, show sometimes. Or, really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I'm doing that. But this is might also, need to examine that. <laughs> <laughs> this also, for me, kind of goes back to this idea of like the other worlds or something like that, or the other, other dimensions, other other things like like trying to sort of see past the surface of our reality and, and understand yourself through that. Yes, yeah, that's right? a good. That was very well said. <laughs> yes, no, totally. I mean, I think it's me trying to get at something or understand something and I don't always know what that is and I feel like oh if I just take more pictures like this or if I move my body like this maybe I'll learn something new I mean I think that that goes back to photography and using the camera to show or look at things that you can't see otherwise like Moybridge looking at how movement like movement of the body or movement of horses or... Yeah, sort of believe the objectivity of photography, right? Right, exactly, yeah. And uh, I don't I don't think that you're believing in it no, necessarily. No, definitely but, not. <laughs> but it is, yeah. you're using it as a tool. I like this kind of, this place. It's like, it's kind of H.P. Lovecraft a little bit. Like mm. this spot, like just out of the corner of your eye. Yeah. And you're trying to find something that you don't know what it is, but you know that there's something there. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I feel like that's happening in your photography in a very generous way like I think the funny thing is is like really helps and makes it more generous oh yeah in your videos I'm laughing about your nails and what they're doing and the hand movements they're really funny and dramatic I think but then there's also nails are clicking and they're tapping out SOS Mm, yes yeah so I liked all of these things coming together in one place it's like real life yeah I think that the videos allowed me to do that in a way that stopped taking myself so seriously in my work Mm -hmm. you know I think that the videos were so impulsive for me and kind of instinctual and playful and also a way for me to unite all these things that you know I can be sort of heady and intellectual and then also obsessively watch Real Housewives Mm -hmm. until I fall over (laughs) and those things all kind of come into the videos in a way that I'm excited about like now that I'm returning to photography they're also coming into the photographs I think too you see a distinct difference between the photography before the videos and photography after that's a good question I'm not I I do I don't know if other people would Uh (laughs) you know like for for me making them there is a difference maybe because I'm using myself in them Um, although some of the photographs 
you know, like the one that's in the online summer show, that's sort of an, not an older tactic, but something that I've done previously with like an object repeated or photographed in these quadrants or something. In that sense, it's not that distinct from what I was doing before. And sometimes the materials are similar, like the skeleton or these plastic cheap body parts and things like that definitely overlap. But I guess in my mind, there's a distinction. <laughs> I mean, you're still the same artist. Right, just exactly. At a different point. <laughs> well, and I think that there's a way in which it's merging all the things. It's merging my interest in psychedelics and spiritual experience and alternate realities and horror and reality TV and feminism and all of this stuff together, like maybe, a mixtape or something. Mixtape, yeah. Well, I was going to say what it, maybe what it means to be you right now or something, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Because you're having like a huge life change. You're yes. like really inspecting what you're going to do next. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. yes. You could be a spider woman. You don't know. Right. <laughs> or maybe you do know. <laughs> when I was in grad school, I was thinking a lot about hysteria and the emotions of women and how that's been portrayed historically. Mm -hmm. And now that's coming through very heavily in the videos that I make. Both that idea of hysteria and hysterical woman and then also how that's seen now in The Real Housewives or The Bachelor or whatever, mm -hmm. like that how women are portrayed and their emotions. And, and I, I have a lot of emotions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all do. We're as men, we're just not taught to right. <laughs> let them out. Or I know you all have an, you have another yeah, other issues uh, that other... are problematic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in so many ways. I'm kind of curious about this moving image and then going back to the still image and mm -hmm. how you feel. Do you have more control with the still image or do you have just more more sort of a master? To me, the moving image really lets me get deep into my love for film and I sort of use those videos as almost as excuses to watch certain films or just get deep into the research side of it. Which um, is uh, reality TV? Reality TV, <laughs> definitely. Um, reading, I read a ton of memoir and fiction too, but just reading is really important to it as well. And then the photographs, I think there's something exciting to me about working in the studio in the same way that I am in the videos, but then making photographs that are more complex and technically just more challenging to make. I'm becoming more adept at the sort of video editing process and all of that, but at first it, I was really amateur. Which brings us to the 70s horror films. Too. Right, exactly. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. I love that. <laughs> People like us that like those films, it, it, there's a certain amount of permission mm -hmm. in the films because if you understand how the practical effects are done. Right, right totally. You get to like get behind the curtain yeah. or like see behind the curtain. And I always thought about that it, with punk rock and Riot Girl stuff where it was like three chords, this is three chords, you know, mm -hmm. now make your band. Right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's something really accessible. Yeah, totally. And I think that's also why with the multiple exposure photographs, they are really technical and I do really know what I'm doing. But at the same time, that lack of control gives me some freedom. I mean, I can be a very teen oriented. I like mm -hmm. structure. I'm very organized and uh -huh. together in general in my life. So... I feel like ways of fucking with that are always good for me. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
building a sandbox where you can fuck around with exactly like, like you, yeah you built the whole structure of how photography works and you have all that technical things right. that you're allowed to talk about multiple dimensions exactly <laughs> yeah 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 and get weird with it yeah yeah, 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 right. yeah what what is the ideal viewer of this work and what would you want them to walk away thinking about you know i think that the ideal viewer i don't know who that would be that's hard for me to like come up with hmm. really i'm anyone <laughs> anyone who yeah i guess anyone in my in my mind like maybe not necessarily just like the art world's people you know but people yeah. outside of that space i i mean when i've done performances or i was running this instagram account for a little while during the oh. shutdown called that's facts and that was like very personal and sort of confessional style me just ranting about things, I guess, uh, every day for about a month, maybe, or two months. And I think that that was really awesome for me because people were reaching out to me who were not artists and asking me advice and also telling me stories about themselves and their lives. And it was kind of a, an amazing experience that I, I was really into. And I, I guess that's like, in a way, what I would hope from, the work that I'm making now too, to have people connect to it on a personal level, you know, to, mm-hmm. to respond to the vulnerability that I think I'm bringing to a lot of it and also feel connected. Maybe that vulnerability makes that possibility of a connection, right? I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's my dream. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I, I remember being at Mass Art and talking to a close friend of mine and being like, I just want to make art that makes people feel less alone in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, to me, that's what, like, the books I read, the films I watch, the things I see out in the world, when it really moves me, it makes me feel like, oh, wow, somebody's seeing the world in this way. And that's really, that's really powerful that, you know, I'm not alone in thinking mm-hmm. how fucked up everything is or how yeah. hard everything is or whatever, you know? Leading your life of quiet desperation. Right, exactly. <laughs> I respond a lot to that in other other work, like where mm. I see there's some, I don't want to say authenticity because I think that's a complicated idea, but like that there's vulnerability and that somebody's like willing to actually share some of themselves, you know, and not, not where it's just smart work, but has something beyond that to it. Yeah. Like something emotional. I like it when it has all of those things. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, for sure. And I think that's what's happening in your work. It's oh, like, thank it's, you. It's playful and mysterious. And so, like, for me, at least, thinking about photography, there's just, like, this endless kind of play about technical aspects that, you're, that, you, that you have mm. in your photography that I'm like, how did that happen? Is that something, you know, you were saying multiple exposures, and I was thinking that you were building things, like you would take a picture and then cut it out, you know, like print it and cut it out and then oh, add, it, yeah. add it in or something like that. Like that would, that's like one technique. Yeah. Like, once again, a very um, practical effects yes, style. Yes, definitely. And sometimes, you know, in the photograph I had in the holiday show a few years mm-hmm. ago, that I was also constructing like a sort of sculptural space yes. and then doing multiple exposure too. Yeah. So yeah, there's, I do that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. Easy, right? Peasy. (laughs) (laughs) 
This is Field Pod Summer Short. Have a great summer. <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna we're gonna take that out. I we hate Marina like... Abramovic. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Full disclosure. Oh no, the MoMA's never gonna pick us I up know. now. Well, that's okay. I mean, hopefully they pick you up. But they, can, <laughs> they can trash me. It's fine. <laughs>